0: Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Ota.
1: November, greeting. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration where I will help you chart your course to self-discovery. Well, it has been quite a secret exploration in and of itself to be here today doing this show on Voice America. I think the seed was planted decades ago after I had given a testimonial to a group of women about having healed myself of OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder. A friend approached me afterwards to say that she had enjoyed the presentation, but that not everyone could do what I did. I told her that perhaps that was true, but that I hadn't healed myself using anything that anybody else doesn't also have access to. And that brings me to the intention of sacred exploration, to explore those aspects of life that we all experience and that we all have access to but often leave underutilized. Things like how we feed ourselves, how we work with our dreams, how we express love and romance, and how to heal ourselves. My intention is to inspire and equip you with strategies that will help you to live out the highest expression of you, to heal that which needs healing, to make your dreams come true. As this is the first debut show of Sacred Exploration, and given that this is talk radio, it seems fitting to give some attention to words. And so I begin with an invitation, an invitation for you to join me here every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. I begin with an invitation to illustrate the fact that we are all in a co-creative relationship with the sacred, whether we realize it or not. I learned about the concept of co-creation while studying culture and creation spirituality at Holy Names College in the mid-1990s. Co-creation is an extension of intrinsic universal laws. It's an acceptance of responsibility for creatively participating in the design of our world. Even God, or the universal design, or whatever name you want to use to refer to that energy that is both within us and greater than us, is not complete without our participation. It's one thing for me to write a book, and quite another thing for you to read it. It's one thing to prepare a scrumptious Thanksgiving dinner, and quite another for loved ones to join us around the table to enjoy it. And it's one thing for me to host a radio show, and quite another thing for you to listen to it. With each and every show, I will be practicing co-creation. I choose my topics, I invite my guests, I write up an outline for the show. But when it comes showtime, I have no choice but to let go. I am in present moment, real time, participation with my guests and listeners. Co-creation. And so again, I sincerely and cordially invite each and every one of you to join me on this journey of sacred exploration. Now, much of self-discovery can be explored through shamanism, as shamanic practices help us to uncover, recover, and discover lost and hidden parts of ourselves, and to integrate them so that we can express ourselves as a whole being Today, I have the great pleasure and honor of speaking with Francesca Gentile, an initiated shaman in four traditions, as well as being an internationally recognized presenter, conscious parenting coach, certified clinical sexologist, empowered aging specialist, and relationship counselor. She is the popular internet radio host of Sex, Tantra, and Kama Sutra, and co-author of the award-winning sex and relationship book, The Marriage of Sex and Spirit. Francesca is the co-director of the Somatic Sensual Healing Institute, and she leads sacred sites and soul retreats in the Mediterranean, more of which we'll hear about towards the end of the show. So now, I welcome Francesca. Francesca. Hi.
2: Hi, Hi, hi Lisa. <laughs> hi, listeners. Just so excited to be here. This is... It's so great to be part of the initial beginning of the journey into this sacred exploration, into this shamanism and wholeness.
1: Well, I I really can't think of anyone I would rather have with me on this first debut show of Sacred Exploration. Uh, You know, Francesca, you've been my primary mentor and guide into this practice of shamanism. And so... It just feels very grounding to have you present with me today as we, as we launch into sacred exploration. Now, as you've heard, we were speaking about the power of words as one aspect of shamanism, and you have always impressed me with your beautiful and incredible use of language to communicate, to teach, heal, empower, and so on. So if you were open to it, I would like to make a request
2: I, I would be very open. What is it?
1: <laughs> well, I would want, I'm wondering, hoping that you would do me the great honor of using your words to bless this X Sacred Exploration Radio Show pilot series, to bless me and our listeners' present and future.
2: Oh, I would love that. So Thank I'm going you. to invite us to, to take a, um, a nice, long, deep breath, relaxing the jaw, relaxing the belly, Feeling our connection to the earth, perhaps through our sense of gravity and that pull that we feel, Mother-Father-Earth. With the next breath, I'd like to invite us to also bring our attention all the way to the top of our heads and feel that connection, that air, that space above our heads that really connects us to all that is the universe itself. And pulling up from the earth and down from the heavens, I invite us to bring our attention to our heart center in the center of the chest where we balance that we are infinite spirit and finite human body and holding that both energies with tenderness and compassion. I invite us to pray, to bring out that intention, to bring out that desire, that desire for wholeness, for harmony, for balance. The path of the shaman is the path of wholeness, bringing all beings, all communities, all levels of existence into harmony. May our words, may our relationships, may our energy, may our relationships with the planet, ourselves, with each other, all generations and all beings, may they be in harmony. May this harmony be supported and forwarded to the conversations and dialogues and connections on Sacred Explorations Radio. And may these moments and all moments be a blessing for our world. Another nice deep breath into our heart center and down our bodies into the earth and up our body and our face out into the realm of spirit and all that. And so it is.
1: And so it is. Aho. Thank you so much. Mm. I feel, I do feel more grounded and centered and at ease, and joyful because of your blessing. Thank you, Francesca. Oh, well, since we're on the subject of words, and before we delve more deeply into shamanism in general, I wanted to also introduce our listeners to a term that is going to be a benchmark for the future episodes. In each episode, I'm going to have a special segment dedicated to this term. Uh, As many of our listeners may or may not know, I am a registered dietitian and public health nutritionist. I graduated in 1987 from UC Berkeley with a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition and Clinical Dietetics and then in 1990 also from Cal with a master's degree in public health nutrition. And though I did not know it at the time, nutrition is one of the cornerstones to shamanism, at least in my own practice, and is one that I incorporate fully. Now, I I will share more about my journey as a nutritionist over our weeks ahead, but for now, I want to share a term that I came up with in response to people frequently asking me, are you a vegetarian? Well, not exactly, A vague answer, and then I'd have to explain ways in which I was or wasn't a vegetarian. Are you a vegan? Well, that that felt close, but I never felt comfortable calling myself a vegan because there are times when I do consume animal products, whether consciously or not. And so as an experiment, I began to respond by saying that I am imperfectly vegan, imperfectly vegan. And what I noticed was that as I said that, people seemed to understand what I meant without me having to explain anything. When I revealed this term to people who are, were generally conscious eaters, they would often sit quietly and just nod their head. It seemed to put them at ease and help them to feel understood. And then amongst people who were not vegetarian or vegan – it seemed to pique their curiosity. I could see them searching to see if they could find themselves within that definition. It was like they were saying, hmm, I wonder if I could be imperfectly vegan. Well, the answer is a definite yes, absolutely. You can be imperfectly vegan. So one of the simplest yet most powerful tools I've learned from you, Francesca, was to speak about myself in parts. I've even taught this to my children, to speak about themselves in parts. And I feel that the term imperfectly vegan allows people to embrace different parts of themselves in regard to how they eat while moving them towards increasing levels of plant based eating. So I'm curious to hear your impression of the term imperfectly vegan and what it means to embrace the many parts of ourselves.
2: Hmm, that's a great question. And those, to me, those are two questions that are, in fact, related and yet distinct. When I think of imperfectly vegan, um, there is a generosity there, a generosity of spirit that says that we don't need to be perfect. And, and immediately, my shoulders come down. I feel more relaxed. It's like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. And I, I think it's a term just putting imperfectly in there is such a permission to, to discover what is authentic for us. And then, you know, the term vegan, as some people know what that means, some people don't, but it can often feel when we look at some of these eating programs, they can feel so strict that they feel too strict or almost impossible to attain. And one of my favorite phrases is to say, you know, we're perfectly imperfect in every way, that we That it is perfect that we are imperfect and that that is part of the preciousness of life. And I, and I, so I really love that imperfectly vegan because it has that sense of, uh, human accessibility in it. Yay. And then in terms of our many parts, you know, I could also say that different parts of me respond to the term in different ways. Uh, and the the part model or I call it the inner aspect model, is similar uh, and different, uh, but similar to inner voice dialogue or similar to not you know neurolinguistic programming concepts or similar to inner family internal family systems or similar to Jungian archetypes and why I say they're similar is because when we they all embrace this concept that we're going to try this on, okay, be with me here now, is that we have one body, okay, I think we agree on that, that we walk around with two legs and, you know, if we're blessed to have two legs, but that we, we have one body. And at the same time, on the level of our psyche, on the level of the voices that are in our head, there is more than one. And when I started to think about this, the, the one that seemed to be most common in culture was uh, the little angel and the devil that can sometimes sit on people's shoulders in cartoons or anime or films or uh, sometimes you'll even hear people uh, talking this way or talking to themselves in the mirror where one part of them says, be kind, be generous, give of yourself, do the good thing. And then another part of them says, be selfish. Just do what's good for you. Don't worry about what other people want or how this is going to affect them. Just go for what you want. And, you know, this is so common if we look at different types of media in culture. Well, those parts of us, the angel and the devil, are not external. They're actually in our own head. They are a part of us that is loving, that is generous, that values connection. And then there's a part of us that is. Is selfish, self-centered, that values getting what we want, no matter what the price. And if we deny either we're out of balance, if if I actually say, yeah, there's a part of me that's very selfish, not just self-oriented, but selfish, then I can listen to that part of me and advocate for it in a collaborative way. And then if I recognize there's a part of me that's generous, I can also advocate for it but also sometimes balance it and say, hey honey, That's- I know you really want to be generous. But let's also look at balance. And and That's- the angel and the devil are just two of you know inside of us there can be, you know, thirty, there can be forty, there can be twelve. There's this
1: really rich complexity in Thank you. Of us. We're gonna have to go to break. I hate cutting you off, but we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Francesca Gentile talking with us more about modern day shamanism and words. We'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, sacredexploration.com, and imperfectlyvegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like Receiving a gift, but not opening it. Join Lisa triman and Lisa Ferrer this February for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925- 497-2529 or
3: email sacredexploration at gmail.com
0: You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back. I'm Lisa Tremont Ota, and you are listening to Sacred Exploration. I'm talking with the beautiful and inspiring Francesca Gentile. Francesca, I cut you off at the end there. Did you want to close close your thought before break? <laughs>
2: oh, I was just highlighting that there are many parts of us, you know, so there could be a part of me that liked the break and liked taking a break and a breath, and then there could be a part of me that was like, wait, I was in the middle of saying something, and then there could be a part of me that is just, you know, uh, you know, needed to run to the bathroom, you know, who knows? So just highlighting that there's these many selves, and when we become clear, like if you're like me, before I recognized that there was more than one self inside, I would actually flip. From like really generous to like really protective, and sometimes you know really passionate and on fire in bed to you know in tears, and I and I didn't understand what was happening. It was really confusing to myself and other people. And when I started to understand, oh wait, there is an you know an inner uh, an inner gathering of. Of different ages, there's different, they sometimes they call it the inner family, there's different ages, there's sometimes different genders, there's sometimes definitely different needs or desires. When I realized that there was complexity within me and started to unpack it, it not only made myself clearer to me, it brought a lot more ease to my relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well, one of the uh, phrases that I had on the program description for today was an old proverb which says a child who is loved has many names. And to me, that's pointing to shamanism. And we can do as an exercise just listing out all kinds of titles that identify us. So for myself, it might be mother, sister, daughter, nutritionist, healer, housekeeper. You know, it can go on and on. And these are all different parts of ourselves. It might be one way for our listeners to begin to explore the many ways uh, or the, the many parts of themselves as a simple exercise. Um, you know, and I think too, with the imperfectly vegan, like you said, it, it really includes everyone. Nobody feels rejected, uh, because they don't have to be perfect. And there's some level of, uh, openness within the term. Uh, I remember you talking about, as an example, food related that, that one night you might say, "Oh, I'm in the mood for Chinese food," but then your partner might say, "Oh, well, I'm in the mood for takeout." And then how do you reconcile those differences? Well, maybe you have takeout Chinese food come into the house. Um, I didn't say that very clearly, but as a way to to mitigate differences and and uh, bring together those different parts in, into a way that can be cohesive and cooperative. That is
2: ultimately the goal. The first step, of course, is recognizing great exercise, Lisa, of who is on the inside. Uh, It's a great exercise for a couple to do because sometimes my partner might see more of my different selves clearer than I might, or I might see my partner's inner selves uh, clearer than they see them. And once we see them, then we can start to look and say, well, you know, maybe the little one or the younger self just wants to play, but maybe the teenager is feeling very rebellious and just, you know, you're not the boss of me. You don't get to tell me what to do. You know, maybe the inner animal likes to just, you know, really loves things that are very sensual or sensate, but maybe there's an intellectual in me that really likes to an intellectually stimulating conversation or an intellectually stimulating life. And as I start to get to know them and their different, uh, core needs, their different priorities. I understand why I've been so slick and maybe why my life hasn't moved forward as quickly as I would want it to. And then I do want to mediate between these sometimes very opposing interviews. And we can do that ourselves through journaling, but we can also, uh, hire someone, you know, like Lisa, like myself, like a therapist, like, an inner voice dialogue coach or shamanic soul coach or Jungian psychotherapist. There's many different types of coaches or therapists who have this kind of training that can help mediate our inner conflict Mm -hmm. and confusion so that we can come to a place of integration and peace. And then our whole life moves forward uh, more easily with greater success and prosperity. It's it's just great work to do.
1: it is. You know, so I'd like to have you share with our audience an overview of shamanism, uh, because a lot of people aren't familiar with the term. And um, so I'd like to, to have you just kind of describe in general how you would, how you would view shamanism, and, and then for us to take a look at how traditional shamanism is similar and different than modern day shamanism.
2: Beautiful question. And I'm happy to To look at that together, one of the places that I'm I'm going to invite our listening audience to look, or you know, and really when I say look, I mean look inside in a certain way, is to imagine 30,000 years ago, the time period where people were doing those beautiful cave paintings in the south of France, in Africa, in Australia, uh, in many parts of the world they've now found these very, very ancient Uh, Cave paintings with uh, human figures and animals on the hunt and hands and goddesses. And and when we look back 30,000 years ago, 40,000 years ago, there's evidence of humans interacting with tools uh, 200,000 years ago. When we look at this, at the time, they didn't have a book. They didn't have a tradition as we might know it today. At the time, we were the people, and our main goal was to make sure that the people survived, that our children survived, that we survived as long as possible, that we were able to continue as a people. And when we were looking at this, we started to recognize that some of us had innate skills, had these these gifts that we were born with, and some of us could listen to the plant, and it was if the plant could speak, and the plant would say, if the children are having a fever, boil me or crush me or mix me with this other thing or put it on the chest or or put it in a soup or put it in in a, a tea of some sort, and then the fever would go down, or maybe uh, some of us had gifts around the animals, and we would hear when our people were hungry, we would hear the, the bison, or we would hear the deer, or hear the rabbits say, this is where we will be. This is where you would find us, and we are, we are here for you. We are here in that circle of life to offer ourselves to you. And in Indigenous society, they always give a prayer to the animal. And they call the animal our brother, our sister. Thank you for giving your life for the people. And some of us had a capacity to listen to the ancestors, to hear the voices of those who'd gone beyond, who also were still praying for us and also still wanted the best for us, and would maybe warn us of something that was, um, you know, a, a, a cliff face that we were used to walking on that it had now crumbled or something. So we would get warnings from our ancestors that would protect us or something else. And these gifts that were in us, we were the first scientists. You know, we shamans were the first scientists. We we wouldn't just believe that this tea was going to work. We, Like scientists sometimes do today, we probably tried it on ourselves first. Or maybe we went to, we didn't just believe that the rabbits or the deer or whatever would be there and take the whole tribe. Maybe we went by ourselves first. But little by little, because we were scientists and we were testing our theories, we discovered, I am able to listen to the animals or I am able to listen to the plants. Or I am able to see the ancestors accurately, or see the future accurately, or hear the angels accurately, or something else. And little by little, in, in our tribe, then we would pass this information down orally. We would tell the next person, often in our own lineage, uh, this is how you notice the plants. This is how you cultivate this relationship. This is how you honor the plants giving you of themselves and then over years sometimes over hundreds of years or thousands of years suddenly this becomes a tradition suddenly there's only one right way to do this but if we know true shamanism and we know uh, scientists we know that science is always evolving and so is shamanism so in every generation people are born that still have these gifts and they would still get direct information from the plants or from the animals or from something else and be able to give that information to their tribe and be able to test that information like any good scientist. So we're looking at shaman being the original the original scientist, the original uh sensitive, connected to the earth. And not all shamans have the same exact gift. If we're looking at the word itself, shaman, uh, some people say it comes from the, the Tungus region, that more sort of northern Mongolian region, and from the word shaman. Some people feel that it might be shaman, uh, and some people feel that uh, it could be Russian. But in many cases, it's all from what I think of as the Arctic people, the very, very far north people is where this a word or word that sounds like this came from. And in many cases, the word was originally a female healer. So even though it has the on, the A-N symbol or sound in it, it actually meant a female healer and a female wise
1: woman. Hmm, so That's interesting. We're looking- oh, go ahead. Well, it's interesting because I know that uh, when I had spent some time in Australia, I learned about the the term of the white woman complex that those of us who are shaman, feel shaman. I know for myself, I went through a period of not feeling, uh, legitimized in owning that title. And part of it was because I'm white and I wasn't a dark color. I wasn't coming from Peru or out of the jungle. And, uh, because I'm a woman and so many of the shamans that I had heard about were men. And so then to discover that there, there was sort of this complex amongst white woman healers in that, in that regard. Uh, but with the acceptance of the divine feminine that is raging and uprising in today's cultures, it, it became more easy to accept that. Um, and as you say, it's really about our, our gifts, skills, and talents around shamanism, much more so than what we look like or even what culture we were born into.
2: I think that yeah. yeah, I want to bring something up with that because there are some people, you know, sometimes even the Native Americans will say we're not shamans because they don't use that particular word. So if you're being very, very uh, strict etymologically, you'd you'd say you could only use that word if you're from those cultures. However, the word has come to mean, and let's look a little bit more at what shamanism is that shamans believe in multiple levels of reality, dream time, earth time, they believe in the reality of the plants and the animals speaking, they believe that the trees are our eldest brother and sister, that humans are actually the youngest on the planet, which follows the concept of evolution, interestingly enough, Uh, that, you know, they believe that you know, are getting information from the ancestors or from our dreams or from the past or from the future are all equally valid to walking around in this day-to-day reality. They believe in levels of the above and the below, not like we believe in hell, but just a place of rebirth and renewal and a place of expansion and connection with all that is. And the shaman, in knowing about these levels of reality, can begin to move between them and seek harmony. So the role of the shaman is always to create harmony or wholeness, whether that's in the physical body, whether that's in a relationship between two people, whether that's in an entire community, whether that's in the community's relationship to the earth. It's always about creating harmony. And if we look at that as the definition of shamanism, this very holistic way of working with uh, energy with realities. We see shamanism actually exists, you know, whatever term you want to call it, is that this, these healing ways, these medicine ways, these indigenous ways of healing and harmonization exist in all cultures throughout all time. So, regardless of your gender, regardless of your race or ethnicity, your culture had. Dominism, your culture has the healing ways, the healing people. They, they're called different things in different cultures. The medicine man, the medicine woman, the wise one, the wise man, the wise woman, the curandera, the strega, la donna buona. The, you know, there's different names in different cultures. Mm-hmm. And yet they fulfill the same role. So when people are concerned sometimes to have a right, you can choose the word shaman or not, but I encourage you that you have the right to follow the holistic medicine ways that are in your own bloodline, mm-hmm. that it's going to be there. And many of us are a combination of bloodlines. So if we're, if we're just choosing bloodlines, then we'd have the, um, the quote-unquote right to follow all of our bloodlines. And then we also have this concept of Uh, spiritual lineage or family of spirit or ancestors of spirit. So if I've been studying with a particular spiritual path, then those people become my ancestors of spirit, even though that's not technically my bloodline. And to ancient people, the adoption ceremony was, you know, that concept of blood brother was absolutely, you are now part of that blood. So, if you're brought into an initiatory lineage, formally, you are part of that blood. Mm-hmm. Or if you're adopted, you if you're adopted, it's really great. You could choose both. You could choose your the actual DNA blood lineage, but you could also choose the lineage of the people or both, the people that adopted you, because that is considered sacred. And in terms of past lives, you may have access to a past life and then recognize oh that i feel connected to that lineage too and i want to study that now i i wanted to and now a
1: warning just now a warning here well and then i have a warning too because we're going to have to go to another commercial break
2: Uh, and and we need to go right now because i can (laughs) i can bring the warning after the break we can just give that a little there's going to be a warning and do it after the break
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with
0: food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa triman and Lisa Ferrer this February for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email
3: sacredexploration at gmail.com.
0: You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. And I'm delighted to be talking with my sacred soul sister, Francesca Gentile. Francesca, what was your warning? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and now a warning.
1: The warning, dear hearts, is
2: that if you have any doubt in your minds about some of these lineages and your right to claim them or follow them, I h- highly recommend talking to someone in those lineages. And uh, I've done some of that myself. So with the Native American lineage, they are very protective of their lineage, especially, uh, I can't say for the First Nation people of Canada, but I can say for the, uh, for the United States Native Americans is they feel very raped, pillaged, and plundered in so many ways by the white people and very protective of their lineage and they, don't want any white person to claim being a Native American shaman unless you've actually trained with a Native American shaman, unless you've gone through a series of initiations. And yet, on the other hand, if Buffalo Woman comes to you in a dream, they said, if, if, if Buffalo Woman comes to you, then you work with Buffalo Woman. Just don't claim that you're a Native American shaman. So, you know, the, the deities and the energies can certainly pick us and want us to work with them. But that's different than claiming that we're a shaman of that particular lineage. But we could say, you know, Buffalo Woman came to me in a dream, and I, I am working with Buffalo Woman. Mm. Uh, and then in, in Italy, which I've also looked into, it used to be very, very private, and, and they would only give their information to someone who was in their family lineage, usually grandmother to daughter or granddaughter. And because many of the young people no longer want the information, uh, the grandmothers are starting to be more open about sharing the information because they don't want it to be lost. And But that's still very different. Saying, uh, you know, I, I got this information in a book is very different than saying, I am a strega or I am a dona buona, you know, unless you've actually had some, you know, training or someone has brought you under their wing. So mm-hmm. we're just looking at, because language is power, language is spell, language is invocation. So just, just be precise about the way that we language things.
1: That's what we're talking about today, to right. Pardon? Language. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, language, how powerful it is and how our words are, uh, have, carry so much meaning and depth. So we want to use them wisely.
2: And did you say you had a warning
1: too? Oh, no, my warning before was just that we were going to commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, um, you know, I was wondering if you could give us um, a picture of how shamanism could be part of the healing process for the many, many people who are suffering from recent tragedies, uh, whether it be fires in Northern California, uh, hurricane devastation to Puerto Rico, uh, inconsciable shootings, we're having so much suffering going on these days. How can shamanism be part of the healing process?
2: You know, there's a part of me that says, how can it not be part of the healing uh-huh. process? And once again, when we're looking at shamanism, we're looking at how can we uh, come back into harmony or wholeness from these fractured cells. So when there's been a trauma, often we definitely There's a part of us that is so deeply grieving, or a part of us that has lost hope, or a part of us that is feeling rage or anger, or a part of us that is feeling despair, or we might even be feeling all of these. And we have lost maybe our vision, or we've lost our hopefulness, or sometimes we've lost our sense of community, or trusting in community, or our trusting in our community that is our world. So, when we maybe have experienced some trauma, this is where ritual comes in, creating a ritual, I would say uh, creating a circle, lighting candles, one of my favorites, is putting pillows out in a circle and labeling them, like this is my despair, this is my hopelessness, this is my grief, this is my anger, this is my... Uh, my vision, but it's my lost vision. I, I haven't accessed it for a while. This is my hope or my lost hope that I haven't accessed for a while. And I recommend doing this with someone that you trust, someone that can hold space for you, uh, that you in the beginning you set your sacred intention, my goal, energy follows intention, and it, words are part of how we focus our intention. So my intention is for wholeness. My intention is for coming back to harmony or to support you back to harmony. My intention is to reclaim my hope or reclaim my trust or reclaim my vision. And then I might sit in each, uh, each pillow give that chance, that part of me a chance to speak and ask it, you know, what do you need to feel whole? What do you need to come into peace or healing? And maybe my friend or my healer or my therapist or my, the priest, priestess, shaman could help me with these questions and then I go to the next pillow so I'm getting really important information rather than all the voices kind of swirling in my head and the tears just flowing or feeling numb now I'm getting very key information from each of these inner aspects and then when I sit in hope or I sit in vision or I sit in the wise wise one or I sit in the shaman the seat of the shaman then now I'm getting the bigger picture now I'm getting the pathway back into wholeness, the way to weave all of the needs of, you know, despair maybe needs comfort, maybe um, numbness needs safety, maybe anger needs to know that there's a way to create change in the world. And so the shaman can listen to all of these and weave them together with a plan, you know, a specific plan. That could, as Lisa and I like to talk about, could include, and shamans did do this, what you eat. So the voice may say, eat these particular kinds of foods in these ways. Take these kinds of baths with this kind of aroma. Go out into the woods or the forest or the gardens and sit and feel the cycles of the earth beneath you. It's journal like this dance and scream under the moon like this. And this, this holistic wisdom, I believe, is in each one of us, that this great wisdom that has the balance and the harmony of all that is, is within each one of us. And we need that kind of ritual uh, request, that ritual invitation to actually bring it in. And we do this in community, it's even more beautiful, or we do this with another person or a few people. And it deepens the energy. It deepens the, the resourcing and the capacity to heal together.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like working with dreams. It, it's a very synergistic exercise. And I know I've engaged in those exercises, and it is. It's it's amazing what can come out of it uh, when you hear the different voices and in each of them tapping into strengths and weaknesses of the other voices. And, and it's like it takes a whole village, as they say, right? It takes a village to raise a child. It's like we, all, we have a whole within ourselves to raise each one of us up. And, and there is, you know, depending on what information comes up in, these,
2: in this kind of sacred inner circle, or you could do this kind of thing in a small group or in a larger group, because the personal is universal. If there was a 30 people, but one person was sitting on all the seats, so 30 people are with, witnessing and one person is going from seat, you know, pillow to pillow, all mm-hmm. 30 people are still going to experience that healing because right. we all have despair, because we all have anger, because we all have a sense of frustration. We, the personal is universal, and that's why group healing works when we're witnessing one person's healing. But we also get information of there's a, a, an Iranian uh, ritual that's called the Rukhai, and they do this, a version of this in Africa, where at sunset, you You close the circle or you close the room and you start drumming and you maybe just have uh, a couple of candles and it's in the dark and people start speaking their grief and they start speaking their anger and their grief and they, you know, eventually people are wailing and they're crying and they're shaking and sometimes the whole group will kind of go over to one person and like drum by them or wail with them and help them get out. Their, their pain and their anger, their suffering, and then maybe they'll move to the next person. And they do this literally till dawn. But as, as the evening turns, as the night starts to get towards the light, it starts to get calmer and calmer and it starts to go into more gentle drumming or more just holding or more of a sense of coming into peace again. And many cultures believe that this um, opportunity to really let out, let it out in a safe container is extremely healing for the community mm-hmm. so that it's not just, you know, we have these shootings and things. People don't have a safe container to let out their rage, their frustration, their hopelessness.
1: If so, we had, you know, these that kinds have,
2: of rituals can be extremely healing.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if we had more of that, we'd have fewer of, of these tragedies to begin with when we... Well, we're, we're nearing the end of the show, so uh, it sure went by quickly. Uh, I, I'd really like to have our guests know how to reach you. You've been such a primary influencer in my life, and you know my journey into shamanism really began as a child with my dreaming, with my healing, though I had no idea that it was equipping me for this role. And then there was the piece in which I had met you, which was an example of the divine working in mysterious ways. I don't know if you remember how we first met. Do you? It's probably hard to forget. I think it was because
2: someone forwarded you a, a blog that I was doing at the time. Is that correct? That's
1: right. Yep. I was in a state of crisis. I was completely distressed, feeling out of control, fearful of the life of one of my beloveds, And a friend had given me your contact information. I had no idea who you were. I had never heard your name before, but I needed help, and I know how to take care of myself, so I picked up the phone, and I called you. And though I was a complete stranger, you took time from whatever it was you were doing to be on the phone with me, and you listened to my concerns, you allowed me to cry, and to share my fears, and you helped me make it through that day. And uh, I'll forever be grateful for that. And, you know, it was just really an example, one of many examples of your integrity, because you do walk the talk every day. I know that. I see it in countless ways. So I would love to have others learn about your coaching services and programs as well. So if you could just tell our listeners how they can reach you, that would be great.
2: Oh, thank you, sweetheart, and you are just such a, an amazing, magical angel, too, and I highly recommend Lisa for, for everything. Uh, but people would reach me at the I V A at gmail.com. That's RelationshipDiva at gmail.com. And for people who are new to my, to my coaching, my work, I'm happy to offer you a free gift session. It will be an hour by phone. Just feel free to email me relationshipdev at gmail and put in uh, Secret exploration gift session, so it lets me know where this comes from. And then also uh, francescagentile.com dot is my website. That's Francesca F R A N C E S C A Gentile. G is in good. E N T is in com. I L L E dot com. Or you can just Google. Uh, Somatic Sensual Healing Institute is another way to find me. There's a, <laughs>
1: there's a number so of ways. So many ways to find you. And I look people. forward to,
2: to, reaching, uh, to reaching you, to connecting with you, and, and I'm also taking a small group of people, about 12, to Sicily in the autumn of 2018 for eight days of shamanic archetypal healing at sacred sites in in Sicily, so um, if anyone's called to that, it'd be lovely.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, Lo and behold, we are nearing the end of our time together. Thank you, Francesca, for being with me on this first debut episode of Sacred Exploration. Such an honor. Uh, Remember, this radio show is a co-creative journey designed by you and me. So with this being the first episode, please... Let us know what you thought of the episode by posting on our Facebook pages, Sacred Exploration and Imperfectly Vegan. And Francesca will also have all her contact information on voiceamerica.com. So uh, in closing, during this month of gratitude, it is with deep gratitude that I thank you for listening. I'm Lisa Tremont Ota. Join me next week as we continue with Sacred Exploration. I'll be interviewing Peggy Ducey, an intuitive, and she has a lot of insightful things to share with us that will expand upon the discussion we had with Francesca today. Wishing you all a wonderful week.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Oda. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week.